Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Mr. News. Hit it! Next on the Ledger Report, this is not about overturning the election results. This is about following the Constitution. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in, so sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. There was a time, a time before cable, when the local anchorman reigned supreme. And in San Diego, one anchorman was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. Stop it. Before the president answers, and you'll love his answer. Uh, and Mr. News, why don't we back that up just a hair? We don't have to hear the uh, entire muffled reporter who has a mask on. And you know, he's that president. You know, he's 74 years old. His hearing's got to be going a little bit. My hearing's going for all those years of wearing. You know, these earpieces and then these, you have these reporter or these uh, well, reporters out in the field so you can hear them and you can hear so-called sound bites. What we call, and then you have the producers in the booth saying, hey, shut up. We're running out of time. We need to end the newscast. That was back in the day of the newscast. Right. And when I was doing the news, I'm I'm a recovering so-called journalist member of the mainstream media. It's a 12 step recovery program. I'm on step number 11 and a half now. I'm almost there. I'm almost 100 percent cleansed. We still have these tendencies once. <laughs> but the Constitution is my light. And so this is the point here. The mainstream media is coming from the perspective that Donald Trump is trying to overturn the election results. The election results are done. They're done, according to the mainstream media. They, they called the race weeks ago, right? They tried to call it on election night, but they couldn't quite do it because they didn't have the votes for Joe Biden quite then. And they they had to find them under a table. Right. And they had to run these mail in ballots that are pristine with no folds in them by the thousands. That's my sound of the machine. Probably doesn't even make a noise. Oh, we ran those 50, 60 ballots. Let's run them again. Michigan. Oh, we ran those? Let's run them again. Ten times we're being told they were run over and over and over again in Michigan. So the media wanted to call the election that night, and the next day they couldn't quite do it. Georgia, we know, is a problem child. We know Pennsylvania is the biggest among the problem children. We know Michigan, with the nutcase governor and on down the line, uh, is a problem child. When I talk about problem child, I'm talking about from a constitutional perspective. And we know Wisconsin, unfortunately, the cheeseheads up there who are running 
the state are a problem. There's problems in Arizona, and we know there's problems in Nevada. But the the four biggest perpetrators, and we'll get to this in a minute, is why they're the four big ones, is Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. And we'll get to why they're the focus now. And we're excluding, if you will, Arizona and Nevada. Not that there are any less malfeasance, but the problem is in, in Nevada there's a different dynamic. And uh, in Arizona, there's well, there's a unique dynamic in all these states. But these four states that I mentioned, the problem children, uh, they have a lot in common. But the president, so he's asked at this COVID news conference, which, by the way, is unbelievable. It's un- Can you imagine if Barack Hussein Obama had been in the presidency during this? First of all, we would have never suffered the shutdown that we had. It never would have happened. It would have been handled like Ebola or like he handled the, uh, the first outbreak of, of SARS during his administration when tens of thousands of Americans died, but the media didn't cover it. It just would have been another, another virus because it is just another virus. We've got pieces of evidence all over the place that this is just another virus, but Newsom and Cuomo and company and Pritzker wanted to use it as an excuse to hammer the economy, to hammer President Trump, to ostensibly keep him from being reelected, ostensibly because we're in the middle of a war. And there are good guys and there are bad guys in this war. And I like to consider myself, even though I'm not wearing white today, one of the good guys. And I consider Joe Biden... And Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Wolf in Pennsylvania. And I hate to say it, but Kemp in Georgia, Nutcase Whitmer in Michigan and the rest of them are the bad guys. The mainstream media are the bad guys. They're trying to certify. They're trying to pressure to certify something that can't be verified. So. When you hear the mainstream media or your friends saying, oh, Donald Trump is, uh, he's trying to uh, overturn the election results. No, that's not what he's doing. Well, certainly it is because, uh, well, because the media declared Joe Biden the winner. Yes, but per the Constitution, and you can hold up your pocket Constitution, um, compliments of the Heritage Foundation, this one is, uh, and you can say, oh, look. Article 2, Section 1. It doesn't say anything about the media. It doesn't say anything about, doesn't say anything about the governor of Georgia or the governor of Pennsylvania, does it? What does it say? Oh, it says each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. Doesn't say anything about governor, does it? Hmm. Doesn't say anything about a rogue state Supreme Court, does it? Doesn't say anything about the third branch of government. Doesn't say anything about the executive branch of government. It says the legislature. The legislatures of these states are in charge here. And this is something the media is woefully ignoring. Instead, they're saying... Oh, Old President Trump, why won't you concede? Why would you concede 
if there is rampant voter fraud, and we'll get into that in just a minute, but there's rampant voter fraud in all of the aforementioned states, every single one of them. There are lawsuits going on. There's evidence of not just a couple of votes here or there. This is the, what the mainstream media is doing, by the way. They're saying, oh, well, yeah, okay, there's voter fraud, but it's not enough to overturn the election results. How do you know? They say justice is blind. The media are blind. How do you know it's not enough? You haven't even looked. You're refusing to look. You don't want to look because you want to crown Joe Biden king. So Kamala, Kamala, Homewrecker Harris can become the 47th president of the United States. <laughs> Imagine who she would appoint um, vice president. Oh, we can only imagine Cuomo Newsom, maybe in semi-retirement, Nancy Pelosi. First female president, female vice president. Kamala, Kamala, homewrecker Harris, and Nancy Pelosi. Huh? Yeah, just imagine. Shudder the thought. All right, so back to the president. So you have this member of the mainstream here, Mr. President. Um, His question is, why didn't you uh, invite Joe Biden to this event where he's talking about Operation Warp Speed and the fact that we have these vaccines now. We have, think about it. The Wuhan coronavirus, we didn't even know about it a year ago at this time. Less than a year. Really, it happened in a matter of, what, about five months? You're talking basically, I mean, these these pharmaceuticals didn't jump on it right away in March. So you're talking basically May, June, July, August, September, and then the, you know they were in the middle of the trials. You're talking six months. Six months? We got a vaccine that's more than 90% effective? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's unheard of. But it's because the president of the United States took down a lot of the barriers and expedited the paperwork, the red tape, not the process. <laughs> Not the process that the pharmaceuticals go through. That's their own process. That's their own deal. They're not going to, they would be nuts to release a vaccine that they say would work. They would end up killing people. Are you kidding me? That would put them obviously out of business and would also be morally reprehensible too. So the pharmaceuticals are going to do what the pharmaceuticals are going to do. But the president knocked down the barriers at the federal level as much as he could. You know, the FDA is this autonomous creature that I think should be cut down to size. And so should the CDC, by the way. The FDA is responsible for the massive increase in hospitalizations. Do you know why? Do you know why hospitalizations are spiking? Sure, it's seasonal. Somewhat is seasonal. And this is what viruses do. You know, they, they go up, they go down. They go. It reminds me of my mom's favorite uh, Italian joke. And being of Italian descent, she used to tell the Italian jokes more than any other jokes. What does an Italian helicopter do? It goes up, it goes down. But she said it like this. They go up, they go down, they go wop, wop, wop. (laughs) Hey, blame it on my mom, okay? 100% Italian, by the way. The virus fluctuates because that's what viruses do. And the president, by the way, at this uh, news conference says that we're without the vaccine. We're at 15 percent herd immunity right now. 15 percent just naturally occurring. 
is not bad. Throw the vaccine in there at, you know, 10, 20 million doses per month. And, you know, by February, there's just no way in hell that these blue state governors are going to be locking people down. It's just not even stupid Americans. And there are plenty of them are going to say, wait a minute. We have all these vaccinated people out there. Uh, Why are we locking down? Hmm. Yeah, California, are you paying attention to your Marxists in Sacramento? When are you going to stand up to that guy? When we have 100% vaccine? We're never going to have 100%. We may not even have 70% vaccination in this country. I don't know what the flu rate vaccination is, but it's probably, I'm just guessing, it's probably 50% or less. I don't get the flu shot. Knock on wood. For a lot of reasons. I'm not going into it. Okay, so back to the president. So you have the... You have this member of the mainstream media, the White House press corps, and they all have masks on. And they're all within six feet of each other, by the way. Are you listening, Dr. Fauci? You got to wear your mask and you got to stay within six feet of each other. I'm Dr. Fauci. So he wants to know, this, this, this male, I don't know who, you can't tell because they have a mask. I still can't get used to this, by the way. Walking into a bank... And seeing a guy behind me with a bandana on, <laughs> it makes me want to hit the floor or run screaming out of there, police. Or maybe if I had a firearm, I might think about, you know, defending myself in the bank, even though the bank has this bulletproof ga- uh, glass about an inch and a half thick. You know, they talk about Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> they don't need any plexiglass at my bank. But there's a guy with a bandana standing behind me. What's he going to do? Well, 20 years ago, we knew what the hell he was going to do. I can't get used to that. I'm sorry. What good are security cameras with bandanas? So this guy with his own surgical bandana, which is useless, as I've been reporting for how many months now? Since March. These masks are useless, as proven by the CDC in their 2018 study, because the virus molecules, as as they are in the aerosol form, are able to penetrate all of these masks, including the N95, to a certain degree. They're a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. And I'm a germaphobe. I go to church with hand sanitizer way before the Wuhan coronavirus. <laughs> no offense, but I don't know where your hand has been when I shake you and, and give each other the, the sign of peace. So here's the president, and here's this ding-dong reporter, Mr. News Rollett. Well, go ahead. The next administration will be the one that implements a lot of the distribution of this vaccine and will oversee much of the future of the way Operation Warp Speed goes forward. Why not include members of the Biden transition team as part of this summit they are hosting today? Well, we're going to have to see who the next administration is because... Uh, Stop we- it. <laughs> I love it. We're going to have to see who the next administration is. You see, the media, that's not their narrative, is it? That's not their narrative. The narrative is, hey, the president-elect is out there, and the president-elect is Joe Biden. So why, Mr. President, are you not saying that Joe Biden is the president-elect? Well, because we don't know who the next administration is. 
Well, see, the, they will not ask the follow-up, right? The, so the president's on his own in terms of building the case, right? So if you were an actual journalist, you might say, hmm, scratch head, he's got a point there. If you look at all the political malfeasance that have taken place and all the voter corruption, yes, Google, I said voter corruption and voter fraud that's taken place out there, you'd think possibly a journalist would maybe want to do his or her job and just kind of scratch the surface and maybe track down that lady who pulled the suitcase out in Georgia with all those thousands of ballots or maybe track down the lady who gave testimony in Michigan who said she saw ballots run through machine 10 times each. You'd think. So the president lays it down right there. First thing out of his mouth. Well, we don't know who the next administration is going to be. (laughs) He's right. And that's why I say this is not an effort to overturn the election results. It's not. This is an effort to follow the Constitution. This is an effort to adhere to the rule of law. This is an effort to find out the truth. But the media don't want to do it because it will expose their conspiracy working hand-in-glove with the modern Democrat Party. It is an absolute 100% textbook definition of a conspiracy. The media covering for the constitutional malfeasance and attack on the franchise by the modern Democrat Party, in particular in these swing states. Now, I saw the support for Donald Trump in California. And I do not believe the results out of California. And what did most of the counties in California use as their vote tabulating system? Dominion. That's right. Dominion is rampant in our country. A corrupt vote calibration system that can be manipulated to give Joe Biden 1.25 Votes and, and Donald Trump 0.75 votes for every vote that's put in there. We know that's a fact. And we know its origination was in Venezuela for Hugo Chavez so he could have these massive landslide victories. And those are part of our electoral landscape? Are you kidding me? American people, please, whether you are a Democrat or Republican, even if you hate the man with the orange hair who tweets a lot, Why don't you stand up for yourself? Stand up for the United States Constitution. Stand up for your rights, your precious right to vote. And tell your leaders in your various states who are using and have deployed the Dominion voting system to get one that is not corruptible. To get one that counts one vote. Or, better yet, go back to the old school mail-in ballots. I have a very simple solution. I have a very simple solution. How we fix this at the federal level. I don't think the framers of the Constitution ever envisioned what we're living through right now in this voter fraud. But I have a very simple three-step process that would bring this franchise back to its constitutional roots. It's going to take a constitutional amendment to do it, but I think the framers 
would approve on this level after what we're seeing in the 2020 election results. And it's a three-step process, very simple. One, mandatory voter ID, period. Voter ID. And we know states have a solution to that. When this nonsense argument comes out and says, oh, people will be disenfranchised. No. We'll give you a voter ID. Just come down to the registrar of voters. We'll give you a a voter ID. So that's number one. Uh, Number two would be a 8 o'clock deadline local time, period. That's election day. Election day. And election day ends. You can't vote after 8.01 local time, period. Very simple. And number three, mail-in, a.k.a. absentee ballots, fine. But guess what? You got to have the thing notarized, all right? Oh, well, that'll uh, that'll disenfranchise people. Oh, my goodness, you got to have the thing notarized. Well, if you can't afford a notary, you know, the Miranda writes, if you can't afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. If you can't afford a notary then you can go on down to the registrar of voters where there is a notary. And in very special cases, you know, if you're an invalid or you're in a nursing home or something like that and you want to vote, we'll have mobile notaries. What an idea. They've had mobile notaries for decades now. I've used them to sign paperwork and refine my home. I know we have mobile notaries. Three-step solution. Very simple. Now, my friends at Voter Integrity take it one step further, and they say they want a fourth step, and that is dare, uh, declare a day in this, maybe each state does it differently, but you declare a national day of everybody's vote registration goes away, and then everybody has to re-register. Boy, that would clear the, <laughs> that would clear the dead people off the voter rolls, wouldn't it? I love the idea. I just don't know how you execute it. My three are a hell of a lot easier to execute than the wiping your voter registration off the map day. But here's the president um, and his response to the muscle question from the murder. Mr. News, roll tape. We won in the swing states, and uh, there was uh, terrible things that went on, so we're going to have to see who the next administration is. But whichever the next administration is will really benefit by what we've been able to do with this Incredible science. Uh, Stop tape. Do- and that's also weighing on the minds of the of the mainstream media. And that is that they don't want to, you know, they don't want to overreport on the vaccine, you know. And but then on on January twenty first, oh look, look, there's a vaccine, and there's Joe Biden, president. Happy days are here again. Lockdowns and oh, you don't have to wear a mask. Blah, 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 blah. Look, Joe Biden did it. He asked us to wear a mask for 100 days. By the way, that request from Joe Biden, is it 100 days from the moment he requested it? Which was, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Or is it from the moment he's sworn in? And, 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 and if it's either one, doesn't matter. Where's the science on that, Joe? Hmm? 100 days. How did you come up with that? Hmm? Did you come up with that when you were... Twisting your ankle, getting out of the shower? I'm just wondering. What what science is that based on, Joe? Just tell me. So the president is being aided um, in his effort to get to the truth, the electoral truth, uh, by the attorney general of Texas, who has filed a lawsuit directly to the United States Supreme Court. And the media is so, how is that possible? They can... They can file directly to Supreme Court because, you know, you have to go through the process. Well, there's this little codicil 
uh, in the United States Constitution. It's in Article 3 that allows relief um, going directly to the United States Supreme Court. You don't have to pass go. You don't have to collect $200. You don't have to work your way through Obama judges and Clinton judges or anything. You go directly to the Supreme Court when it is an interstate argument. And so the state of Texas is suing these four states that I mentioned, and that is Michigan, Wisconsin, the really bad child, Pennsylvania, and the unfortunate one uh, down south uh, in Georgia, claiming that they have disenfranchised all the other voters in America. And in particular, I would imagine they're, they're claiming that they disenfranchised voters in Texas. And the media, of course, if they are reporting on this, and of course, this report I'm looking at from, for example, from uh, NBC, they go into all the reasons why this is, oh, it's a long shot. Oh, this has never been done before. And look at Texas. They, they, they attack the source, of course. They attack the state of Texas. They attack the attorney general. They attack the governor. They attack, attack, attack. And so this is how we know Texas is on to something. Because they're pulling out all of these so-called experts saying, even Alan Dershowitz is saying, well, you know, it's a long shot. Or is it? Or is it? Because if you look at what Texas is arguing and the disenfranchisement, suing these four states over, quote, unlawful election results in the 2020 election, the suit itself may swerve into alleged voter fraud, but that's not what the arguments are. The arguments are very clean and simple. And the arguments are nicely fitting between the four corners of the United States Constitution. So the two basic arguments in the lawsuit are that Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia violated in their own unique ways Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution. As I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago, as I read to you, it says very clearly that the state legislatures are given the responsibility of choosing the electors and the subsequent laws surrounding choosing the electors, that is, voting, and not anybody else. Not Governor Kemp. Not Governor Whitmer, not Governor Wolf, not the mainstream media, not the secretaries of state, not the registrar of voters, the legislatures. And in those four states, by the way, I want to remind you, those are Republican-controlled legislatures. And that's something that could be very, very important come January and January 6th. And part of the lawful arguments uh, that I've seen as part of the uh, Donald Trump lawsuits, the various ones, we talk about safe harbor of electors a few days before the December 14th deadline. That's a law. That's not in the Constitution. That is a subsequent law, a federal law, but it's not the final arbiter of how the electors are going to go. We know this because of past election cycles. 
past elections. The election of 1800, the election of 1824, the election of 1876. We know that this can be thrown into the House of Representatives. And so these arbitrary dates, and they are rather arbitrary, are not deciders of who is president. And you know who they're quoting in some of the... Some of the legal paperwork is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who in Bush versus Gore or Gore versus Bush um, said, "Hey, listen, January or December fourteenth, the day the electors are certified, so-called, is not the important date. The important date is January sixth. I would argue the important date. There is no important date because there is no date in the Constitution. There's a process in the Constitution, and the Twelfth Amendment helps clarify that." if we get into a situation like I believe we're headed for. And that is, each state has one vote that would take place in the new year. January, could be February, could be March. I don't know. Each state has one vote based on its makeup of its legislature and who the majority is in the legislature. And we know that there are 30, I believe, 30 state legislatures that are governed by Republicans, and 18 or 19 that are governed by Democrats. So this is what the ultimate arbiter, and this is why the media is doing what it's doing and ignoring a lot of these lawsuits and a lot of the election malfeasance, because they know, they know at the very least that this thing is not over until it's over, Yogi. It's not. Okay, so back to the lawsuit. It's based on Article 2, Section 1, very clearly, that the state legislatures are in charge and not Governor Wolf, for example, in Pennsylvania, who just wanted to unilaterally change the law and couldn't do it, then went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court did it for him. That's not the way it's supposed to work. That's unconstitutional. That's a violation of Article 2, Section 1. But if you start drilling down in some of these counties... Like in Georgia, there's also constitutional violations there. This, again, quoting Gore versus Bush, this is a violation of the Equal Protection Clause, the 14th Amendment of the United States. How is that? Well, very simply, an example is one county in Georgia said, ah, don't worry about verifying those signatures, while other counties said, no, we need to verify these signatures. Because they have a database in Georgia that verifies the signatures. So the ballots, people's franchise, were not treated equally. There was no equal protection under the law. Remember, that's effectively what was going on in Florida. And why ultimately George W. Bush won the presidency. So we have a similar, stronger argument in in these counties in Georgia and we saw it in Michigan just all kinds of malfeasance going on in Michigan same thing in Wisconsin Detroit um, Philadelphia we're here in Pittsburgh all kinds of corruption in, in Pennsylvania again in the in the major cities these cities were targeted as part of the master plan by the Democrat Party Atlanta Philadelphia, Detroit, Milwaukee, also Phoenix. This was part of the master plan to make sure that Joe Biden had enough votes to win. Stop 
counting. Well, we didn't stop. Well, we kind of stopped. We had to kind of calculate how many votes to print up for Joe Biden. Oh, here they are. Bam, spike in, um, in Michigan or in, in uh, Wisconsin. These strange spikes. Georgia, all of a sudden, look under the table. Oh, there's thousands of votes. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's, Mel Brooks wouldn't write this. Mel Brooks would say, yeah, this, come on, I'm a comedian, but this is stupid. Nobody would believe lifting up a tablecloth and pulling out votes. We've got to think of something a little more creative than that. No, no. That's apparently what they did in the, in the peach state. Not apparently. We saw it. Wipe that word out. Not apparently. So when you look at the Texas case, it's got a hell of a lot of constitutional legs to it. The question is, will there be four justices who agree with me? And I, because that's the threshold. There is a, a running list. It's from Zero Hedge. And I can't go through it because there are dozens of, of cases. But there's a running list on Zero Hedge. Um, they call it their running compendium of fraud charges in election 2020. And I encourage you to look at it. Uh, it's got Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. It's got an update from um, the attorney general who says he doesn't see anything. <laughs> I, I don't know. What to, I don't even want to go there with Bill Barr right now. It's it's just mind boggling to me. Sidney Powell update. So they're, they're keeping a, a running uh, tabulation of, of what's going on. And so is the president. Mr. News, roll the president again. Roll tape. And we were rewarded with a victory. Now let's see whether or not somebody has the courage, whether it's a legislator or legislatures. Stop or- tape. See, the president has been educated. And I don't know, maybe he knew this 20 years ago. I, I, I doubt it, but it doesn't matter. The president has been educated about this crazy thing we call the United States Constitution. And he's now throwing down the gauntlet, as I have been since prior to the election, when yours truly saw this one coming. And you can look at my prior ledger reports pleading with the legislature of Pennsylvania in particular to get its act together before the election. And now look what we have, Pennsylvania. Nice job. And so the president's laying down the gauntlet. The constitutional gauntlet that a legislature or legislators, it's going to take more than one, grow a constitutional spine and say, you know what, there's something bigger here. You know, this might be a risk to my puny little political career and my puny little soft job that I have and my puny little salary, but maybe there's something bigger here. Maybe I need to be like James Madison. I'm reading about James Madison right now, how he studied up and he readied himself for the Constitutional Convention in 1787 and how he was focusing on arguing for a strong federal government. I'm sure he's regretting it now, but what other form could we have had? Because the Articles of Confederation were not working. All these little autonomous states with no federal government at the top were not working. And so James Madison had to go out there and stick his neck out in arguing for a strong federal government within a federal system so the states would retain their sovereignty, if you will, their autonomy, but 
that there had to be an overall overarching over governing system in place in order to have a standing army, for example, or to print money. These were things that he was focused on. And so it's going to take a modern day, not Paul Revere, but James Madison to see the big picture here. An elected official, many of them in these, in particular, these swing states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. Yes, Arizona and Nevada, too. To see the big constitutional picture here. Madison didn't have a constitution at the time. Madison was coming up with a formula for a constitution. And he knew that the formula had to include a strong federal government in order for the union to survive. Well, I'm hoping now that there are legislators out there that the president was hinting about who see the big constitutional picture here. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the future of this republic and whether we protect our valuable and precious right to vote or not. And so my ledger register uh, for this week and through January is very simply... Who will be sworn in as president of the United States on January 20th, 2021? Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. Now, the reason why I throw Nancy Pelosi in there is not to give you a coronary, but from a constitutional perspective, we actually want to root for for Nancy Pelosi because that would mean that we're on to something. That would mean that the electors were not certified, 270 of them, enough for Joe Biden to be deemed president of the United States. It would mean that there were these legislators with a spine, a constitutional spine, who could see the big picture here. And yeah, we might suffer through a Nancy Pelosi presidency. She, she would be interim president, by the way, a working president, a short-term president, not elected by the people, but only supervising the day-to-day operations of the federal government, if you will, the country. Commander-in-chief, yes. Uh, it's a scary notion, but it, it would be just until the situation is resolved. And in the end, if we were in that position, this is why I'm quasi-rooting for a Nancy Pelosi presidency for a couple of weeks. Because if we're in that position, that means we're on the right constitutional tracks. And by the way, Barricade the doors. And and we may really need to do this. Either way, you know, win or lose in a situation like this, Kamala Harris likes to talk about this country being an inflection point. This is maybe the inflection point post-Civil War for this country. Because if the president and I and the rest of us are correct... In the mainstream media eyes and and among Democrats, the results are going to be overturned. If If we fail in our effort to uphold the Constitution, then where does that leave us? Hmm? Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Where does that leave us? Where does that leave the Republic? Oh, we'll just try it again in 2024? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I say to my friends in California, the days for protest are over. You know, they have these rallies and, hey, that's great, wonderful, fly your flags and and yell things. But when 
your rights are being crushed by a dictatorial governor for months and maybe more than a year before this thing is said and done. And then what would he do next time? I think the days for protest are over. And people say, well, what do you mean? And I mean, I think the days for protest are over. And I think it's time to do what Martin Luther King said and do it in a very active way. That is, it is our moral responsibility to disobey unjust, he said laws, but I'll replace that with orders or edicts. And I would say laws, both laws and unjust edicts. Uh, when you go to my website to answer the Ledger Register, it's GrahamLedger.com. GrahamLedger.com. Uh, that's where you can vote on the on the Ledger Register question. Um, I also have a little uh, section on there about fixing California, which I believe can be done by using the California Constitution, just like we can fix the United States using the federal constitution. I believe that we can fix California using the um, state constitution. You can also order if you'd like. There's a beautiful young lady on there modeling my glasses. She models them a lot better than I do, but this is kind of what they look like. And they have a little logo on here, Ledger. And if you'd like to order these in time for Christmas, I will do my best to uh, personally um, get them out to you. And I sign a little note. Uh, doing so. And and one more important thing, if you're watching this deep into the program, which is about 40 minutes and I'm almost done here for this episode, please share this. If you want Grammy to be known uh, to your across the country, I am, but in, in different circles across the country, if you want this program to continue and if you want to see Grammy on uh, future broadcast television, you got to get this out to people. So please share it. You know, just a click. Just share it to one person. If everybody watching this program just shares it to one person, you know, once a week or once a month, um, we get the word out. We can be a powerful force. And remember, when the ding-dongs in the mainstream media come out there and they say to you or your friends, they say to you, what are, Donald Trump is trying to overturn the election results, look them square in the eye. And say, no, Donald Trump is not trying to overturn the election results. Donald Trump is attempting to follow the United States Constitution. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening and watching. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart.